we're going to add a little segment to our previous episode. That's what we're trying to do. We'll see if I can figure out figure out how to work Anchor correctly. Because I'm kind of just in, in the mood to rant. I was going to talk about money and the economy. For the economy, I'll just say one thing. Remind people that I, unlike most presidents and uh, <laughs> who we elect <laughs> for mainly because of the economy, yet we don't elect presidents who have any necessarily any background in economics. <laughs> but I do have a same kind of economics background or a little bit more than most business graduates, probably the same or more than most MBA business graduates as far as but I spend more time probably learning, reading, watching and thinking about economics so I'll give you my also by the way I've been correct according to my statistics uh, very close to 100% of the time since 1992 when I give market projections and economics, uh, we'll call it, you know, predictions, but we'll call them projections. That sounds a bit more professional. And we have about an 85% chance of another crash sooner rather than later stock market crash that's uh, roughly the same size, a little bit smaller, same size or bigger than the last record-breaking crash that we had in February. So chances are it's going to crash lower than that one did, or who knows, it could go more slowly and painfully than that one crashed. But we're probably in a we're probably in a crash that is more slow and painful than people realize. Because most people think that if a crash happens real fast and then it recovers real fast, some of the newbies that are on Robin Hood and so forth think that, oh, that was it. It was uh, real fast, a fast crash and a fast recovery. But that's almost never how it works throughout history. It's not the way the Great Depression worked. It's not the way that most, not the way that most, uh, not the way that most um, cycles go this way. All right, lots of dogs out here today. So that's it. Just wanted to give. Uh, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about that's more fun, which is. Um, oh, uh, you want to know how to make money off of this crash? So shorting stocks for a stock market crash. Shorting stocks is how you make money off the crash. 
and short low quality stocks because uh, that will you know dramatically increase your chances of making money if you're shorting low quality stocks that are you know have a good chance of crashing even in a even in a booming stock market overpriced and low quality high high priced low quality stocks are the ones you want to short so the fun topic I wanted to talk about as I climb up this hill I just turned on like a PBS or some sort of YouTube video about time because I've been discussing as an amateur physicist I've been discussing like black holes and the Big Bang I was one of the first people to flat out say that the Big Bang is the inverse of a black hole the Big Bang is the inside of a black hole the reason why we know that is because we know many parameters and criteria and defining details of black holes and we also have some details about the beginning of the universe the Big Bang so all you have to do is correlate the two all the things that happen uh, around a black hole all the things that happen in a Big Bang and it's easy to compare and contrast the two, compare, contrast, and correlate, because they are very dramatic. <laughs> the things that they do are very unique, dramatic. Uh, the math is very technical, too technical for me, but when everything is put in layman's terms, then most people can understand it and I'll just cover that very briefly a few a few of the things that are you can tell they're identical only inverse black hole is attracting things to it into uh, you know from big wide open space into a smaller tiny little dot a dot that is smaller than than a dot a singularity that's a black hole a Big Bang is an exploding singularity not exactly the same as a explosion of a firecracker but it's got the same principles it's all being projected outwards in every direction. Black hole uh, kind of is the sort of the end of the universe. Big Bang is the beginning of the universe. And the way that they handle time and space. So this is why I want to talk about black holes, but then I want to talk about uh, nothing. I want to talk about nothing. What is nothing? 
because nothing is a little bit different from what we might think it is. So we need to think about nothing. We're going to talk about that. So a uh, see, there should be one more thing. Oh, time and space. So as you get closer and closer to a black hole, time slows down. Time slows down and slows down and slows down and comes to a virtual standstill. So you could be sitting right at that. I mean, you think you're going to be put into the singularity or whatever, but guess what? You've got to have a long time. If you want to become part of that singularity, that tiny dot that's smaller than a dot, you're going to have to wait a long time. <laughs> Because it's basically infinity. You'd be waiting basically for infinity. A million, billion, trillion, zillion, gazillion. Gazillions of gazillions of years. Basically forever. And then a Big Bang is a extremely fast, just the opposite as far as time and space goes. Extremely fast, extremely instantaneous um, explosion, bang. So those are just a few of the things. There's other things that all correlate that a black hole and a big bang are the same thing. It's only an inverse. So let's get back into nothing and time and space. So... This is something that they didn't really teach much in school or even in college and stuff, which is space-time. Something I just really learned more recently. Hopefully young people are learning it earlier because I didn't really learn it until like 50 years old to really understand space-time. So space-time is one thing. People talk about space and time, but... Space and time is one thing. Time is, there's three dimensions. I've talked about this before, the three dimensions, but I wanted to talk about something new, which is nothing. Um, you know, up, down, left, right, uh, forward and backwards. Those are the three, di three dimensions that we could move our bodies in. And then there's time is actually the fourth dimension. Just to us seems uh, different from the other three directions. And maybe it is different, um, but it is part of, of space. Time and space are, they are directly linked. They are not just linked, they are part of the same thing. Because if you notice, you can't like meet somebody without having three coordinates, at four coordinates. You got to have the time. You cannot meet somebody. Nothing can happen. Nothing can do anything without all four dimensions. Front and back, left and right, up and down, and, uh, and at what time is it going to occur? If there's no time, if it's not occurring at any time, it's not occurring. If it's not occurring in some place, it's not occurring. So everything happens in a time and place. Everything is has its coordinates of space-time. 
So that's important to know for some really fundamental things, including some things in business and economics. Because I mentioned before that money, there's like a physics of money that people really need to understand. Uh, but I want to talk about nothing because they were talking about that and they got me excited because they never really said it correctly. I haven't heard any scientists say it correctly. So that's why I want to say it correctly because it's fun to say something before the scientists say it. Even though I'm sure some have already said it somewhere, I've just never heard it. And if they have said it, they've often will just say it as a possibility. So, nothingness. So, so we're talking about nothing. Nothing is nothing is related to space-time. So you've got to have uh, time in mind when you talk about nothing. So for there to be a nothing, um, you got to have a something. You cannot have a nothing without a something. It's not possible because they are part of the same thing. They're part of space-time. And you can't have a something without a nothing because, again, it's part of space-time. So nothing is a concept that Basically, when we say nothing, we usually mean that we don't see anything or we don't feel something. We don't, can't detect that it is there. For instance, when we talk about the whole universe, the whole multiverse, the whole everything of why is there something, why is there not a nothing? And even on PBS, he kind of said it wrong on the scientific show. What he said was, why isn't there, you know, forever and ever nothing? I'm not sure if that's exactly how he said it, but that's rough, basically how he said it. He talked about there being nothing forever and ever. Well, <clears throat> forever and ever is something. <laughs> so, right off the bat... <laughs> <laughs> it's time. And in fact, it's a very concrete something because space time is part of space time. So, uh, talking about uh, nothing forever and ever is, is not, uh, is not, doesn't make any sense. You have to have, because forever and ever is, is something. Now you, uh, so, to oh, fight a doggy. He's fight a doggy. He wants to fight. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, forever and ever is something. So there's just there's no such thing as nothing when you're talking about forever and ever. But is, let's let's just say for the sake of our brains, forever and ever where there where we don't see anything or feel anything or detect anything and so to us there is nothing forever and ever is that possible well sure in fact it's probable that um, but 
if you can detect time, like a clock, then there is something. So, for you to still for you to even know that it is forever and ever, then, then there has to be something. So, the only way to have really nothing forever and ever, nothing physical, uh, forever and ever tells you that something is happening. Something is moving like a clock. Something is moving like atoms, molecules, fields, um, some kind of um, quantum fields. Something has to be moving. So there has to be something. To have a forever and ever, there has to be a something, because forever and ever also means that something is happening, there's a thing, or things, and they are moving, or they're doing something. So, just wanted to point that out. There was another aspect of that, of the something and nothing. Let me try to remember if there was one more aspect of something and nothing. Uh, basically, when there is really nothing, when there is truly nothing, then there is no time. There is no forever. There is no now. There is no past, present, or future. So to have really nothing, you have to have no time. And so when you have no time and no thing, when you have nothing, no time scale is happening, then that is probably the foundation of everything. In fact, everything that we see and know and feel is based on nothing. That's probably something that people really haven't discussed much. I don't think I've discussed that. I have thought about it just fairly recently. So, Corey, how can... How, why, how and why is everything based on nothing? Well, I've, something I kind of learned recently and hear scientists discuss is that science and nature prefers things to be done um, easily. It's lazy. <laughs> so all the things that seem to take a lot of work and effort, like exploding stars and crash, giant crashing meteorites, you know, that's kind of a relatively lot of work. Or the Big Bang is a great example of a lot of work. A explosion that's uh, much more powerful than we can comprehend. So, but we know that nature, nature does not like to do all the work. Nature does not like to do that much work. So, the way that everything is based on nothing is... How is everything based on nothing? Oh, 
positive and negative equals zero. So that's how everything can be based on nothing, is positives and negatives. Because everything that scientists study, that physicists study, is made up of waves, and these waves are basically going up and down, positive or negative. And so that's how, uh, when something is going up and going down, or going positive, going negative, um, then it is equal to staying the same. It is equal to zero. So if something's going, you know, way positive a million and minus a million, then it evens out to zero, which is nothing. So that's how everything can be based on nothing. And science being lazy, so to speak, not wanting to waste real energy, um, that's how we can say that the things that seem like something is really just the wave going, um, you know, way positive and then way negative and canceling itself out to become zero. That's why you have matter and antimatter. When you have matter and antimatter, you don't need real matter because they cancel each other out and become zero, no matter, nothing. So those are all the reasons why everything is based on nothing. And as Elon Musk most recently and astutely and importantly put, that everything is most likely a simulation. Now people who talk about these simulations, they kind of fail to explain themselves. They almost make it sound like uh, a person or an alien or God or something uh, created us as a computer simulation. They kind of make it sound like we're part of a computer simulation. And we can't really rule that out 100%, but we have to know that it's not necessary when we talk about simulations is not necessarily a computer simulation. It's not a person or alien or God or something that actually programmed a computer and then we're just programmed to simulate thinking and simulate feeling. But I do believe, based on everything I have learned about physics, come on, you're trying to take me in the Wrong direction, because the car is this way, so we can't go down that way. we got to go towards the car. My dog wants to go down to the other part of the park, but that's... No, we'll go there some other day, Weppy Puppy. We're not going to go there right now. We'll go there um, tomorrow or the day after. He wants to go to another part of the park that we haven't been in, in a while. <clears throat> but we have to go back to the car, because it's getting dark, and... We already got locked into a, another park once this week, <laughs> a couple days ago. The night before last, we got locked into Rio de Los Angeles Park. So, and this one also has a gate. However, uh, it's, it's probably easier to get around the gate here because it's uh, this park is much bigger and more natural and even if it's fully enclosed by a gate, which is probably not, there's probably holes in the gate, you know, from homeless people. Uh, 
Oh, but our car is parked in a lot that uh, that does have two gates, so our car could still get locked in. So we're at Deb's Park and we're at Deb's Lake. We're going to get back since they are uh, shutting down parks and closing parking lots early due to the crazy virus panic. Let's just say panic because it's much shorter and easier to say and more accurate than pandemic. Pandemic is real, but panic is even more accurate as far as what's causing all the you know, economic problems and social problems and societal problems is the panic uh, and hysteria. So we've talked about nothing and do we... Oh, I just want to talk about one more thing that's how we know that we're in a simulation and it could be a natural simulation. It doesn't have to be a man-made by some weird alien who programmed us. Um, and I've mentioned that before. Colors. We know very concretely that um, colors are not necessarily... Colors are not colors. Colors are wavelengths of light. In fact, everything is wavelengths. Hello. It's just that colors are more easily to understand wavelength because it's easier to think about waves when you're talking about sound and light and uh, things like that, especially if you are a musician or keyboard player. If you're a person who does like... um, video electronics if you're a video electronics engineer then you're really going to understand waves how waves create colors so your brain sees everything as receives everything as waves and turns it into something that you can identify with as a human something that relates to being human So colors are necessary for survival, for deciding what you want to eat and to identify objects as if it's something that you can use or not, like a lemon or banana or an orange or cherry or a tree. So we all identify those with their colors, which is their colors are their wavelengths of light that are bouncing off them into our eyes. And our brain translates those wavelengths of light into colors. Because colors are like, they have emotion. They have human, all the human stuff, the emotion stuff, is that's the simulation. That's our brains are really the players of the simulations, our bodies and brains. And so, but everything we see and touch and feel and everything we interact with is waves and we are waves. Everything is waves. And so, because everything is actually can be broken down into waves and we see it as something that relates to us, 
when it's actually just waves, that's how we know that it's a simulation. Because since nature is lazy, does not really want to do any work, what we call energy, nature, I mean, that's too much work. That's why it, physicists now know that everything is data, everything is information, everything is math, everything is numbers, and patterns, patterns of numbers. So when we talk about waves, we could, we could also call that numbers. They'll often call it information. And since we can all count to 10, most of us can count to 10, <laughs> we don't even need to count that high because um, uh, you really only need to count to uh, zero <laughs> because ultimately everything is just um, plus or minus uh, a very small number. When we get into big numbers and scientists get into big numbers, um, the bigger the number they get, they're probably the further away from the truth they're getting. The closer they, the more they're able to stay at or near zero, the more accurate they are. Like E equals MC squared is a very sim simple formula. The more complex the formula gets, it can be accurate and very helpful, but it usually is getting, as it gets bigger and bigger, it's usually getting further away from the basic essence, the basic truth. Uh, it's getting further away from the basic principles. Uh, the basic principles is zero. Thanks for joining me. Corey Chambers, Los Angeles, your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. Take care. Bye-bye.